I had said basically like, when I got here, I felt like it wasn't as much culture here as compared to Ghana. I said that the food was just not hitting. I said that like, Kenyans seem a little more colonized. Welcome to the Revenge of the Forsaken Gods. I am your host, Andrew Balongo Opere. And uh, in today's episode, I want to explore what are the cultural differences that you're likely to experience if you're in Kenya? What are the challenges adapting to the Kenyan environment in business, career, and personal life? And what are the opportunities that are in Kenya that would make one pack their bags, leave their home country, and come and settle in Kenya? Well, our guest today did exactly that. She's a Washington DC native by way of Atlanta and she packed her bags and is now living in Kenya. She has over 6,000 uh, followers on TikTok and 11.9 subs on YouTube with over 1 million plus views. She's an expat exploring Africa's beauty and she says that she loves people she loves to talk to people and she loves to laugh hard. Without further ado, help me to welcome Brittany Caldwell, aka Brittany in Africa. You did say 6,000 on TikTok, but it's 60,000. 60, <laughs> yes, yes. I'm kidding. No, no, no. Well, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. In fact, it's, it's very rare for me to meet uh, an African-American or Black American woman in Kenya. That's so crazy. Why, why is it crazy? Because we meet so many white Americans. There's so many of us out here. Really? Yes. Okay, then maybe... Uh, There's so many. Then yeah. let me start with my first question. You know, a friend of mine sent on TikTok <laughs> that why... Why don't black Americans like hanging out with us, with us Africans? It seems more white Americans, they have no problems hanging out with us. When you say Africans, do you mean Kenyans or Africans in yes, general? Yes, uh, I mean Kenyans since we're in Kenya. Okay, um, I would say that less African Americans are coming here in general. Most of them go to Ghana, Nigeria, the West, because that's where we are taught to have like that sense of returning home. So like the year of return, you know, when everyone went to Ghana and it was so good for Ghana's economy, tourism, cause it had been, I think that marked 200 years since the first slave went to America from Ghana's port. So things like that kind of connect black Americans to West Africa instead of Kenya. So like, I'm not gonna lie. Like I had been to Ghana like seven times before I ever came to Kenya. Like Kenya was just not on the list for me, you know, because that's just not how we were taught. So I say um, white Americans maybe don't feel any specific connection to a specific place in Africa. 
So they're just looking for a vibe, you know, like, oh my God, like I want a safari, I want to do this. Versus most African-Americans, if you're going back to the motherland, it's for a reason, like it's for fun, but it's also spiritual. So you may not, Nairobi may not hit that spiritual core for you. And that just is what it is, you know? Okay, I can get it, I can get it. So, yeah, you feel the vibe? So the focus is more on West Africa because growing up, that's what you were shown is where the ancestors came from. Mm -hmm. So there's reason to be there. Exactly. Okay. And uh, because you've visited West Africa, you've visited Ghana, and you've also, uh, you know, you're here in Kenya. What was it that just made you pack your bags and decide, you know, to come and visit Africa? That's not a common thing. Well, I started off, I had a boyfriend who was Ghanaian. So we, like, he was like, oh, you've never been to Africa? Like, girl, like, let's stop with the Miami and Jamaica. Like, I'm going to take you to Africa. So we went to Ghana and I just, like, enjoyed myself so much that we started going back and forth together and then COVID hit and he was just like, you can teach from home? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, let's go. So we were in Ghana for a while. I started like doing stuff with schools, X, Y, and Z. I was really looking for a job in Ghana, but it just didn't manifest itself. And I can't just accept any job. Um, I need dollars, not CDs. <laughs> 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 so we, um, I got a job offer here in Nairobi and I was like, okay, it's not Ghana, but you know, I had never been to Kenya, didn't really do much research, but the numbers were looking right. So I was like, you know, it's still on the African continent. So why not? Yes. And I'm glad you mentioned that because not just you, a lot of foreigners know that there's opportunity here in Kenya. Yeah. And maybe a lot of even Kenyans might not realize just how fruitful Kenya is. That so many people are coming here wanting to do business, wanting to invest. So uh, visiting Kenya, being an outsider, what is unique about Kenya that makes it attractive to be in? I would say there's a lot to do versus so when i first came i actually made this video called aqua versus nairobi and i got dragged on kenyans of twitter KLT. <laughs> i got dragged uh, because i was just comparing welcome to kenya yeah yes. like, damn um <laughs> i was comparing it to my experience in accra which made it kind of like okay this 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 but now the hindsight is 2020. I mean, the things that I can say now that I find attractive about Kenya since I've been living here, um, I would definitely say it's like so much tourism. There's so many things. You could live like 20 vacations in one country. That's what I say. So like, if you want to do like Masai Mara, get the safari vibe or the desert vibe, the tea vibe, Kasumu vibe, Navasha vibe, Lamu, totally different vibe than Diani, but Mombasa's like, you know what I'm saying? So. Yes. A lot of countries are kind of just like, you hit that one city and you go to the next country, you know, like Accra. Most people aren't like, oh my God, I'm going to Kamasi or like other places. Even in Nigeria, it's like Abuja or Lagos, you know, like you're not in Kenya. There's so many vibes that you can catch. It's super diverse. So I think that's one thing that makes it really attractive. 
Um, and then also the price of things. I mean, it's cheap compared to the pound, the dollar. Um, a lot of people come here to live their best life, period, you know. Wow, wow. So if you're hearing that as a foreigner, come check it out. At least 20 destinations that Brittany has said, and yeah. she's only just scratched the surface of a few of them. Yeah. So let's just rewind back a little bit. What did you say about Kenya that would make KOT, and for those who don't know who KOT is, it's Kenyans on Twitter, that is the Kenya National Defense of everything <laughs> Kenyan. If you Yo, dare say KOT. anything bad about Kenya, Yo. you will be bombarded by Kenyans on Twitter. So what did you say First of all, that KOT, set them off? KOT needs a doctor, mental health. <laughs> um, they need to be sued for harassment. They are, wow. KOT will handle you more than a legal team, honestly. It's crazy. It's crazy the power of the KOT. But um, I had said basically like, when I got here I felt like it wasn't as much culture here as compared to Ghana. I said that the food was just not hitting. I said that like Kenyans seem a little more colonized. I said that it's the technology is way better. I said the technology is way better infrastructurally. It's way advanced more than Ghana. So it wasn't like I was just like pounding on Nairobi. Like I was saying positive and negative things about both, but like I got dragged. Yeah, and they were like trying to, they were calling my school, like emailing my school, trying to get me deported. I what? Swear, I swear to God. Okay, yeah, I know, I know KIT are vicious. If you get on their wrong side, yeah. Yes, you will go down. Yeah, the communications director of my school came and was like, honey, we are getting serious emails about some YouTube videos. And I was like, oh my God, ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so so watch what you say about Kenya because our national defense y'all can't system. be like that though. Y'all can't. Y'all have to be open to constructive criticism. If somebody can't say, I can't. You don't even want YouTubers like that or people. Oh my God, like that's fake. Like let people have an opinion respectfully, respectfully. Well, now that you say that, you know maybe you're speaking also that way because of your background. You know, being a teacher and. Uh, you know, I, I was kind of um, surprised because, um, you know, you're an education specialist in curriculum and instruction from uh, Kennesaw State University and a master's in teaching and social studies in secondary education from Georgia State University. Dang, where do I have this written down? Because you know a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, you um, got my resume? Yes, you know. Mm. And a person of your caliber is very powerful. You know, for me, I, I, I view teachers as the most powerful profession on earth. I don't like that, though. Because you deal with trans, uh, transferring information mm. that's needed to, you know, the students. Yeah. And you do it in a way that they can receive it. Because that's why in school we say, oh my God, I love this teacher because she changed my life. I love this teacher because yeah. he made me love this subject. And that's why I'm doing the career that I'm in. Yeah. What have you noticed about the maybe education system? You know, I know you're an international teacher, possibly focused yeah. with the international curriculum, but I, I'm just assuming that you may be interacted with the education system here or in Ghana. So what have you noticed based on your background? What's lacking and what's working? So let me tell you something. Mm -hmm. I did not teach at like a rich white 
school or anything until I moved to Guinea. I have taught, like, in the States, I taught in the hood. 99% black children. Um, in Ghana, you know, underserviced children. That's always just been, like, what I'm used to teaching. So when I came here, and that's where a lot of people get confused, I have not really taught, like, Kenyan kids. I didn't teach at a Kenyan school. It was, like, an international school at an embassy for for the embassy. Like, so the school had, like, mostly Canadian, American, British, you know, that type of vibe. So... Mm-hmm. I feel like I really don't know too much about the Kenyan public school system, except for what I've heard. Um, And somebody was like, girl, don't teach for the Kenyan public school system. It's too strict on teachers. Like, that's not your vibe. Like, if you thought you were suffering, then you'll definitely suffer teaching Kenyan public school. So that's all I've kind of heard. But I know that when, from what I observed in Ghana, um, they were like light years ahead of the kids I was teaching in the States, to be honest. Um, the school seems more like meticulous in what they're learning. I was shocked because it was like six-year-olds who were doing like triple-digit math, multiplication, and like my six-year-old can't do that shit. So I, was like, <laughs> I was like, damn, like this is nice, like wow. So that's one thing I love about African education is um, the ability for teachers and students to do so much with sometimes so little. Not all the time, but you know, with less resources. Because in America, before I got on my like international teacher swing, in America I used to be like a public school teacher advocate. So like, oh my God, like we need new books. Like this was better, like, you know, chairs. Like we don't have open space learning carpets. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then I went to Ghana, which is like, yo, like, shut up like you know it doesn't matter like you don't even need that if you're it to teach you know you just don't it's interesting how yes uh, how things will differ from one yeah. place to another and uh, you mentioned that uh, at one time that kenya is very colonized and uh, you had a very interesting situation in Islay. yeah where in kenya we call it isich or isili would you mind telling us about that event that happened in Isili where you're talking about, you know, colonization is real! <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, well, that was in the Matatu. So that was a different day. Mm-hmm. But it's the same vibe. Um, so for those who have no idea, you know, who are listening to this who have no idea what Isili is, you know, describe to them what it is. It's and, like a and, Somali slash Ethiopian area in, Ken- in Nairobi like a neighborhood where you can go to get fast fashion. I go there to get my Dara's. A lot of like retail goods that you may not want to buy like in the store, it's just cheaper over there. Um, Hella Somali and Ethiopians, just <laughs> chilling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the vibe. Yes, instead of like in America, they have, uh, you know, what is it? China? Chinatown. Chinatown, yes, this is like Somali town. Yeah, it's like Somali yes. town. You have everything you can find out of the sun, electronics, fashion, mm-hmm. everything. Yes, you're having an interesting experience because when you went to uh, Eastley, you were actually with another fella YouTuber, a white man. So, yes. Tell us what happened. Um, Phil. So, Phil is really cool. Um, I don't have a problem with white men, and that's one thing I want to address because sometimes I can come out kind of racist on my YouTube, I think. I'm not a racist. One of my closest friends here is white. 
I'm not a racist. I just can only put myself in spaces with people who are anti-racist. So in order to be my friend, if you're white, you need to be an anti-racist, number one. So before I even collaborated with him, I had to vet him. We had to talk. Wow. Yeah, like, I needed to make sure this isn't like a weirdo guy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we need to be on the same page mm-hmm. as far as things, so. We did that, and I was like, you know, this guy is hella cool. Like, I really like him, so. We did a lot of collaborations together, and the whole time we collabed, it was just like an influx of obsession with him. Like, almost people just making him feel like a god. Like, oh my god, like, oh, like on him. I literally, we started saying that we were married, because we're hoping like maybe that'll like, you know, girls were just like, Anyway, it's like, anyway, move, move, literally, like, seriously, I was like, this is wild. People were like, automatically walking up, like, can you pay me for my lunch? Like, it was so embarrassing, honestly, it made me feel disgusted, and honestly, it really did. Um, when I go around YouTubing, nobody is trying to hop in my, sometimes, let me not lie, sometimes people try to hop in my, you know, video. For him, it's like everybody just flocking like, like I don't know, it just was like disgusting to me. Um, it was just like a like, oh my God. Some people, the look in their eye looked like their day had been made, like that a white person said hi to them. So for me, I was just like, wow. Is that how y'all get treated over here? Now I see why everyone's coming. So yes, that is an interesting situation, and um, you know, I I, I laugh because uh, you know I'm gonna play the clip yeah, uh, later on, but uh, I don't have money. Me no. neither, I Why don't do you have. think he has money because huh? he's white? Yes, whites are rich. What? I have more money than him. I'm black. Oh, you don't know. Yes. Oh! <laughs> How can't I have more money? I'm black. No, no, no. He's he's the broke one. I'm broke. I'm the one with money. She's the rich oh, one. No, 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 She's no. my sugar mama. I'm it. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Seriously. Huh? Really? That is so wrong. I'm the one with the money. No sugar mama. I'm the sugar mama. <laughs> this is my sugar baby. He's broke. He is my sugar baby. I'm the one with money. <laughs> and y'all are asking him for all the money. Little do you know, I got all the money. <laughs> it's a damn shame. Bye. <laughs> it's a damn shame. Where you're actually saying that, you know, you make more money than him. Yeah. And the guy was like, no, that's not true. Yeah. You know? And the people were defending the guy like, oh, it's because you're a woman. I said, no. He clearly said he's white. He makes more money. Phil ain't rich. Like, you know what I'm saying? Phil is not rich. So I'm just like, y'all are crazy. So, that, that's wild. And so, I know not everyone thinks like that, but it hurt me to think that he really thinks because I'm black, I can't have more money than this man sitting next to me. So after that experience, I think now I'll go to one of the uh, questions, you know, sent, because I think they sort of address that. How do you see the way racism plays itself out in Kenya versus the US? You can see how here the white person is looked like the way you experience it, like, oh my God, move away. 
And you can see now why a lot of white people want to come to Kenya because they're treated this with like, oh, they're not treated like this in their home country. So I know it's a different yeah, way, the way it is here compared to the US. Yeah, there's a big difference. So I also say this, people, there's people who come here for jobs, white people who come here for jobs, and then there's white people who come here who are like the trash of their country at home, but they get treated like a god here, so they're gonna come to Africa. I wanna address that. So like, you have to ask yourself too, ladies who are dating these white men, I know a Kenyan girl who got pregnant by a white guy, thought it was like, she hit the jackpot. This guy is trash. He's trash, he's off. You would, I would rather you just be with a decent Kenyan man. Do you know what I'm saying? But it's like, just cause he was white, you were so pressed on that. And really the guy's awful. I'm wondering if he had child molestation charges in the United States and fleed. Do you know what I'm saying? Cause you're a sex offender there, so you can go live somewhere else. So you have to really ask yourself these questions sometimes when you're like, why is this person in, in Africa, in Kenya? Hmm. But that doesn't answer the question. To answer the question, racism, I think a lot of Kenyans in my comments will be like, you focus too much on race, but a lot of Kenyans don't see racism. Just because someone is not doing something overtly super racist, nigger or something, that's not the only form of racism. So I'm sensitive to racism because I'm American. And I know the microaggressions, I know the undertones, the funny funny, like I've, you know, we've been brought up on that to like snap at that, do you know what I'm saying? And would you mind, just even as you finish your thought, maybe sharing what are some of the microaggressions you've seen here, the, mic the microversion that maybe Kenyans don't see? Um, or maybe someone... The way that an Indian talks to you when you are a carpool worker at the register, how quick they are to snap on you, but nice to other people who are Indian or white. Do you know what I'm saying? Or the speed of service that you may get as a black person compared to a white person. Or do you know what I'm saying? Um, I had to go out on my guard one day because he like put his hand up to stop my car and like, let my white neighbor in before me. I went off. I, I swear to God, I went off. Like, the, just little things like that. Um, the little things. Yeah, I gotta think more, but it's just little microaggressions um, that I don't like. I wanna see more white house help. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> there's, there's things that I just don't like. I think that because Kenyans, they'll be like, oh, you know, stop bringing that race stuff over here. It is racist. There's a lot of racism going on here, which is why even a lot of jobs that are here, Kenyans could do. They're educated to do. And I am guilty of this. I was an expat who got exported in to do a job that a Kenyan could do. But they just wanted an American. They wanted, you know what I'm saying? Little things like that. And I think, okay. While your point is very valid, sometimes I can understand, like let's say if you decided to start a company right now, certain positions, because Americans understand how things are run in general, you know, certain positions you want to have Americans and you know, the other positions where you can train, you know, the low level positions, you'll have the locals. So, you Do you know, think that in America, a foreign country, can come in, set up a business, 
prefer Chinese people, bring them over, mostly Chinese. No, you're gonna find somebody. You're in somebody's homeland. So if you want to train them, do that, but give them opportunities. So I'm not saying everyone needs to be Kenyan, but like, come on. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I think maybe, you know, that's one thing that I've learned from African-Americans is how to be assertive and speak up. Yeah. Because until I met African-Americans, I'll just keep quiet and think this is just regular way of how things are supposed to be done. No. And, you know, at first I was, I was asking myself, you know, why? Why do African-Americans have to be vocal? Like, I'm black and I'm proud and I'm this and I'm that. And it only took me a while for, for me to understand, for it to sink in, that I'm handsome, I'm also equally uh, awesome. Yeah. I'm not lower than the white person. No. And, uh, you know, for a long time, you know, I looked down on myself because I'm dark-skinned. But only like, you know, I'm hearing songs like India Re, you know, brown skin, you know. Brown skin. <clears throat> and so I'm like, okay, I'm listening to those songs, yeah, but it didn't yeah. hit home until I met a white person who was sunburnt. And I'm like, for me, it doesn't compute because I can't get sunburnt. Yeah. So when I saw that, I was like... Don't get me started. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, interesting. So maybe we can now, uh, you know, find out like you being here in Kenya, what do you think is most misunderstood about Kenya? Maybe like three things, you know, that outsiders, you know, you hear the news and you're like, they say stuff about Kenya. So like you being on the ground, you're like, that's not true. So like maybe what are three things that come to mind that is misunderstood about Kenya or Africa? I would say the rate of development, like M-Pesa is super effective. It's really better than Apple Pay. There's nothing like M-Pesa in America. Um, so that was something like, even when my mom came, she was like, this is nice. I'm like, yeah, girl, like, you know what I'm saying? Um, I would say how busy Nairobi is. Like Nairobi is one of the top tier countries, I think, in Africa. I haven't visited many, but like, from what I've heard and even others, I would say Nairobi's like really, really up there and it does not get like shown a lot. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people, when they even think of Africa, they think of like Zanzibar, Cape Town, Egypt. Like I think Nairobi's kind of like underrated when it comes to that. Okay, so in fact, I've noticed that even as you say, there are not a lot of opportunities in Kenya. I noticed that even on your YouTube channel, um, you showcase a lot of your adventures going up and about and you don't focus on a specific area you go all out like you've yeah. been to the high-end places and you've been to the slums yeah that's so, what I like. so so um talk to me about your experience in uh, kibera how was that like how was what was your expectation because i know you've probably heard about kibera before you went there mm -hmm. and then when you went there what was your experience like and uh, what was expectation versus reality? What was the reality that you experienced? So that was actually my second time in Kibera. The first time I went, but I didn't take cameras because I didn't want to, I always felt uncomfortable. Like I don't want to seem pretentious. Um, so the first time I went, I thought it was going to be way worse than it was, to be honest. Like for it to be the biggest slum in Africa, I was like, I mean, this is slum, but it's not like kids with flies and poop on their face. Like that, mm -hmm. that's what I envisioned. Like, For one dollar a day, yeah, like, you, you could know, change. 
I was like, well, I mean, they got a church, they got a school, they got, you know, it's just really like, maybe not every house is super developed or, but you know, they have water, it's not, I feel like if you can go to the store, if you can go to the recording session, go buy a soda, go, it's not that much of a slum, like, it's a city, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, a slum to me is you walking to get water, like, they have running water in public toilets. Like it's not, it may not be the best situation, but it's not awful. Like, yeah, I have a friend who lives there and his apartment is actually not bad. So I, I feel like it, everyone has told me it has to keep that rep to keep the money coming. What do you mean by that? Like NGOs, people here like, oh, like the $1 a day. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, someone's living nice off of Kibera being messed up. Quote unquote. So it was a vibe. I had a good time. I mean, I'm always down. Anyone who's down for a good time, I'm down. I'll go. <laughs> I'll go to a Maasai village. I'll go to a tea farm. <laughs> it was fun. I'm in there. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, was there anything that you learned from that experience being there before we moved to the farm? <laughs> I would say what hit me the most, because I asked the guy I was with, like, you got money. So why are you staying here? And he was like, I moved out to a nicer place and I came back because this is where my people are, this is my family, this is my home. And he's like, I'm comfortable here. Like, I'm not ashamed to say I live in Kibera. He's like, this is where I would rather be, like, period. So I was just like, okay. <laughs> Empowerment, like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like the way some somebody might be like, ill, like you live in Kibera. He's like, hell yeah, I live in Kibera. Like, that's where I want to be, like, so I don't know, it's just the way that things are portrayed to us. Like some Kenyans will be in my messages like, yo, I've lived in Nairobi my whole life and I've never been to Kibera. And then I've been here for a year and I'm kicking it, you know? So I think it's how stories are told. Mm -hmm. So what story would you tell of Kibera? They live in Kibera and they're chilling. I mean, there's places all throughout Kenya that probably have the same housing conditions. But for some reason, it's been branded that name, so it's hard to move away from. Just like how Chicago is like the most dangerous city. Oh my God, you're gonna get <laughs> shot. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Not every block of Chicago you're gonna get shot on. Like, yeah, so I don't know. Go and find out. <laughs> so, is there any specific places in Kibera you'd recommend? I was like really just on the streets, like literally mm. just, and then we went to his homeboy's house. Okay, so there are no specific places there to check out? If There's a, I forgot what it's called, but you can Google it. There's a place where um, they turn human waste into geogas. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, they do a lot of projects that give youth jobs. So there's a place where they turn the waste into geogas. There's a place with women who have HIV and AIDS make a lot of like handcrafts and stuff. Specifically, I don't know exactly the names of these places. But um, yeah, those two places I visited, I just can't remember the names. Mm -hmm. Don't worry, we'll find out the names and we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, please. So that uh, please. if you're around Kenya and Nairobi, you can check them out, see how you can support, be part of it, and experience uh, the other side that you're not seeing portrayed in the media. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, now talking about being on a farm, the other day you mentioned about uh, your excitement <laughs> being on a Kikuyu farm. Yeah. So, so. What were you doing on the Kikuyu farm and uh, what, was, how, what was that experience like? Um, I just meet people in vibe. So I actually had this guy slide into my DMs and he was like, yo, like, let me do your laundry. I have a laundry business. Mm -hmm. 
and he I found out lives in Texas but operates a laundry business here. Oh, okay. And he's um, Kikuyu, whatever. So he did my laundry for me. I like put it on my Instagram. And then I was vlogging with Phil in um, Dika Mall area. So Phil is the guy from Texas. The yeah. Kikuyu guy from Texas. No, okay. no, no. Phil, the mm -hmm. white guy. Oh, yes, yes. I was, me and Phil were vlogging on our eight hour Matatu day. And then someone was like, Brittany, Brittany. And I was like, and then I was like, oh my God, because I saw like the laundry service name. So I was like, oh, this is where you're located. Because he had gotten it delivered and said. So long story short, I like saw him in person and he was like, I just got here. Like, nice to meet you. I'm the one you were messaging. And then we just started talking. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to my grandma's house tomorrow. And I was like, oh, that's a bet. And he was like, you want to go? And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I went. <laughs> <laughs> And it was a vibe. That was like my second time hanging out with him, but it, it was such a vibe. His family was super welcoming. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm down to go anywhere as long as I'm not gonna get kidnapped, so. Mm. That's right, we'll put the, the, the video in the link so you can see her adventures. It was fun. It was so fun. His auntie was my favorite part, honestly. Mm -hmm. She's so sweet. I'm gonna go visit her. What was it about his auntie that made it your favorite? Um, well, she taught me how to make Ugali like a real Kenyan woman off camera. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, we don't use instant flour. This is cornmeal down here, grinded. And we're going to make a real Ugali. Like a real Kenyan woman. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she was just really sweet. I love old people. And um, I haven't seen my granddaddy in a while. My grandma passed a while ago, so... It was nice. Sometimes you just want an old lady to put your head on your little shoulder. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. What What else did you learn on the farm apart from auntie teaching you how to cook gully, the traditional style? You know. <laughs> um, oh, you know what I learned? Mm -hmm. About the last name being passed down, but mm -hmm. the middle name becomes the last name for different sons and... Mm -hmm. That's a wild concept to me. I, that's very un-American. Yes, the, the the naming process, how they give names yeah. to, the, to the kids. I was just like, what? So you and your brother are going to have different last names. That is unheard of. That's crazy. Yes, yes. That is so crazy. It's still perplexing. Yes, each tribe has their way of how they give names to the children. So, yes, Kikuyas have a different way. Other tribes have a different way. That was interesting. Wow. Yeah, that was the most interesting thing I learned there. To be, I was very perplexed. He had to explain it like three times. In fact, I'm not surprised. In fact, if I would say if you were Kenyan, you'd probably be Luya. <laughs> People just say that because I'm thick. People just say that because I'm thick, I think. Literally. Yeah, they're like, oh, Luya. <laughs> like, okay. I'll take it. You, you'll notice each tribe has this a, a certain look. Yeah. So, you know, you, know, you, you kind of have that look. That's cute. Are they, are they cute? <laughs> Oh yeah, they're very attractive, you know. Great. Yes. Yeah, I'm in there. <laughs> and they love chicken, so hey, and you black too, so. <laughs> you know, my mom chickened me out. I don't. I hate chicken as an adult. Really? Yeah. My mom no was way. One of those black moms who just fucking cook chicken. Monday barbecue chicken. Tuesday Italian chicken. Wednesday Mexican chicken. <laughs> Thursday soy chicken. <laughs> like mm -hmm. I'm chickened out. I'm done. Dang it, mom, why'd you have to do that? I know, it's crazy. I prefer red meat and goat. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Ish. So watch out. When you're a mom, you don't do that to your daughter or to your son. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, cook, I cook everything. I mix it up. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. And, uh, and I think also one of the interesting things is, you know, as, a, as an expat, there are a lot of skills needed in order to come, you know, move to a new country and what have you. And you said you came, you know, you, you first started in Ghana because you came with your boyfriend and then you managed to get your job offer here and you come here. What were some of the things you wish you knew coming in, you know, just to get ready, like that would make landing easier? I was spoiled moving here because my job made it like super easy. So my work permit was handled. I got picked up at the airport. My house was picked out. Like I had a very soft landing, but I was also the one thing I could say was living that expat life where it's like, I bought my rugs from Sarit Center for like $250 each, <laughs> like four rugs. Do you know what I'm saying? Like when I really could have taken my black ass to Easley and gotten the same <laughs> rug for $50 each. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or like going to car for all the time instead of like finding a little stand somewhere going to Kenyatta market like so I just didn't really do my research on different areas so what I because now that I've done this I give advice to others who are coming so I'm like don't put pressure on yourself to live in Westlands, Lavington, Kilimani like these areas that they tell you there are safe and affordable areas and other places because people actually undermine how expensive Nairobi is and you may come here with the bag and go home bagless because you're not budgeting. You're not cutting corners. You're not finding out how much things are so you don't get overpriced. Um, I always say find the local. My life has gotten so much easier now that I have more like Nairobi friends than expat friends. Mm -hmm. My life has done a complete 180. How has your life come, you know? I mean, I'm on the streets. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, Places I never would have visited. Restaurants, my favorite restaurants used to be like Zen Garden, Wine Shop. Like, you know, very American places. Now I'm finally finding, okay, Ashaki has the best this. This place has the best this. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. Okay, let's name drop some of your restaurants that you've discovered that was a pleasant surprise and you just love that experience. I like Ozone's food. Um, I love Ashaki's bone soup. I love 3D's curry soup. It is so good. 3D? Oh, 3D fish. Okay. Where's that at? Um, it's in Kilimani. Oh my okay. gosh. You haven't lived. <laughs> 3D fish is so good with the coconut curry. Um, mm -hmm. I've been to Green Garden mm -hmm. over like past TRM mm -hmm. off East Eastern Bypass. They have really good Namachoma. Yes. Um, just street stuff. Honestly, stuff on the street. That's good in, in terms of the food stuff. And you've mentioned a couple of places, you know, traveling up and about. Uh, which are also the other interesting places you've been to that you've traveled and you've said that if you're someone, maybe even as a Kenyan, they've not seen it, they've not experienced it, or yeah. an outsider who comes to visit, what are like some of the must <coughs> visit places or must try activity? I really enjoyed Naivasha. Vasha, yeah. AKA. <laughs> I went to an Ama Piano Fest there and it was like so good. Um, I love Kasumu, mm -hmm. was definitely one of my favorites. Um, Diani was gorgeous, of course. I mean, everyone go to Diani. Um, 
the camels on DME. It's just like cliche, but so nice. Mm-hmm. I went like starfish looking in DME. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Everything is fun, so I can't say I like this better than this. And that's true. At least you know you're you're helping us generate a list because yeah. uh, for the longest Nanyuki time it was cool. Mm-hmm. Nanyuki. Nanyuki. Okay. I could have kept Nanyuki though. Mm-hmm. It was cool. So so. Okay, Diani, you mentioned the the starfish, the camel riding, and you mentioned the the Amapiana party in uh, Naivasha. What did you experience in Kisumu and Nanyuki? In Kisumu, to be honest, I was partying the whole time. I was <laughs> and then hanging out with my friend's mom because she's like lonely. She's at the house by herself and all her kids are in Nairobi. So we were just like, she was just cooking a spread for us the whole time. So I was either at the club or at her house. Which are the party spots? Black Pearl. To visit in Kisumu. Black, Black Pearl. Pearl? Yeah. Okay. That's like number one on the list? <laughs> That's all. We just kept going back. Okay. 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 <laughs> and then Little Street Bar. I mean, of course. But it was mainly Black Pearl. And then some one place I can't remember that was like literally on the street. What about Nanyuki? Were there any uh, lit parties? We went the to spots? Nanyuki. We, I didn't really party when I went there. I went to Hell's Gate. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, let's not go out too hard because I'm not trying to like be suffering tomorrow. You know, like <laughs> I do not need that. So we kept it simple. Nanyuki was cool. Um, it's definitely on the lower end of my enjoyment list. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was cool. I would rather go to Navasha. Mm-hmm. And how was the Hell's Gate experience like for you? It was great. It was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you know it was one of the inspiration for Lion's King? That's what they say about Opajeta. That's mm-hmm. what they say about every about. There's 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 a certain um, corner oh, that's it. In that ravine, yeah, yeah where where yeah. where Scar, yeah, yeah, and Fasa died, yeah. The tour guide was like, yeah, Tomb Raiders was filmed down here, and I was like, I gotta fact check. That. Yes, it was actually. Was it? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, then he wasn't lying. You know, there's also a scene where they shot in downtown, also, mm-hmm. on Hale Selassie Avenue. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, so Basha Kisumu, Nanyuki, okay, you chill mode. Diani. I've been to Melindi, Watamu, okay. Diani, and yes. Mombasa. Which one did you like out of all those? And Diani. What made Diani stand out? Watamu is like boring. <laughs> Melindi. So in other words, there's no nightlife or? It just wasn't electric to me. Like mm-hmm. I like an energy, mm-hmm. you know? So it's very like family. Mm. And I was running into some of my students. I'm like, this is not the vibe. Like, <laughs> This is not the vibe, like, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. That's funny. Okay, it's funny, but it's not funny. It was not funny. I was like, I know I did not pay to come out here and deal with this. Mm-hmm. And so far, um, you know, what makes you passionate about Kenya? Who said I'm passionate about Kenya? Well, you're here and you're okay. saying like you're staying for a while, so definitely Kenya's doing something good to you. I don't know. It's just... It's it's a good place. I feel comfortable here. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of growing personally here. Mm-hmm. Um, I just prefer being here, but I do plan on traveling, which is why my name is Brittany in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, I do plan on one day moving on. I want to make Kenya my home base, though. Mm-hmm. So my goal is to be the African female, not African female, the female version of like Wode Maya, mm-hmm. but different though, a different vibe. Mm-hmm. But you feel me? Yes, yes, yes. So Wode, his home point is Ghana. I want Nairobi to be my home point. Well, definitely. Like you said, there's a lot of opportunity, untapped yeah. opportunity here in uh, Kenya. Yeah. Yes, yes. 
You've been interestingly enjoying our transport, unique transport system. Are you a car person, matatu person, or boda boda person? Boda boda. <laughs> I had a car, I got rid of it. So what is it about boda boda? Okay, for those who don't know what boda boda is, that's just our word for uh, the motorbikes. What is it about boda boda that just, yeah, you chose it that you even ditched your car? Yeah, I bought a lot too. But like, first of all, I don't like driving here. It gives me anxiety. Mm -hmm. I like to be on my phone when I'm traveling. Like I don't want to be sitting in traffic not being able to be on my phone because my business is on my phone. Do you know what I'm saying? So I really didn't want to get a driver and it's dangerous driving. Um, so I was like, you know, I'm just going to get rid of my car. Boda is quick. It's cheap. It's fun. I can like really fill the streets. <laughs> like when you're in the car, it's, you're not like looking around as much, I feel like. But when I'm in a boat, I'm really like seeing things, you know? So it's just, it's convenient for me. Um, it's fun. I live for the thrill. All right, all right. Yeah. That's cool. So what have been like your, like three favorite Kenyan moments? That's a good question. Moments in Kenya. I have so many good moments. Sure. Let's start with the three that come off the top of your mind. On the next episode, we're going to get some more. Um, I would say my birthday. Mm -hmm. And what happened on your birthday? I went to Black Star and Gemini and I just got so much love and it was like crazy to me because I'm like most of these people I did not know a year ago and like I'm just being showered with like love and appreciation. Um, so that was really cool, super cool. A time I went out to dinner and we sat there for like four hours and we were just talking and having fun. It was so fun um, at Ozone. It was like all girls and we were just hanging out. It just be the little things. I literally just value everything. Entertainment-wise, though, I would say the camels. I had a beach day on the beach in Deany, and it was like the Maasai, the camels. My Airbnb was being. I was like, yo, I am fucking living. I was like, <laughs> girl, you living? Like, you know, I was just. It was such a vibe. It was such a good day. Um, that was one of my top moments being in Deany. Okay. Um, I have fun meeting people and vlogging. So a lot of my top moments are in my vlogs or my interviews, do you know what I'm saying? Because they're so fun. Okay, top three vlogs. I just started vlogging, really. So I would say my favorite was the one that I posted today in the Parklands. Mm -hmm. That was really fun. Um, oh, the one with the guy who was trying to say, I'm Kenyan, I'm yeah, Nigerian, I'm Sudanese. Nuts. <laughs> These people are nutty. Um, I would say my Kibera one, for sure. That was one of my favorites. And I didn't really like eight day eight hours in a matatu, but everyone else did. <laughs> everyone else really liked that. Let's see, Cabero. I can't even remember my all my blogs. So because you mentioned the matatu and you didn't like it, why didn't you like it? And maybe you can mention two other moments that you didn't like. Your 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 worst Kenyan moments or your least favorable Kenyan moments. Bill got all the good footage for eight hours in a matatu. <laughs> But mine ended up getting like more views, I think. Mm -hmm. But he got all the good footage, so I just felt like mine was like the scram. Like, I just kind of had to throw it together, so I wasn't really feeling it. Come on, Matatu is like one of the best Kenyan experiences. Yeah, but you we know? went on a lame Matatu, first of all. We could have found a better Matatu, which I knew, but we were just like, just vibing. Um, my worst times in Kenya, oh my god, the train to freaking Mombasa. That was one of my worst times. The I was SGR. so miserable and people were coughing and I caught COVID on that train. Um, it was awful. It was really awful. Why were you miserable? It just wasn't nice. 
like what wasn't comfortable or it wasn't comfortable i was in economy because first class was sold out so you're like at the table looking at someone like it just sucked like i was like yo never again never again um i've had some weird club experiences here but i don't even want to get into details but <laughs> night nightlife issues like people girls are crazy like girls are crazy guys are crazy things like that those are my worst moments yeah issues mm. Like at night or if there was like a fight, like one time I had bottles at my table and there was a fight and it fell on my table and like I, my leg got cut. Like, oh, yeah, like things like that, just ghetto. Like don't need to even go into detail, but you mm, know the vibes, mm, yeah. Mm, mm. <laughs> Otherwise that, nah. Okay, I like finishing off with like, you know, three books, three movies, three songs. So, uh -huh. but I'm gonna double it up. So three Kenyan either books movie songs that you've Don't come across no when you say songs it's the artist and the song that you like Don't and then american it. also or what, you, or what you're listening to right now I don't really know, no, I don't know any Kenyan artist that much, to be honest. Okay. Otherwise, that's what I was talking to Fena about. Like, I, like, Sante Soul. Okay, Sante Soul is one Fena. of them. Okay. Yeah. Fena Gitu, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Diamond is not Kenyan. No. Okay, it's not Kenyan, but at least, uh, okay, you know. Diamond. <laughs> okay. Any movies? Um, that series that Lapita is in on Netflix, the MTV series, where she's, like, young in Nairobi. Okay, I haven't checked it out yet. But, yeah, yeah, that one. I haven't really seen any Kenyan movies. You know, I went to a Kenyan movie festival and mm. it was in Swahili, so I left. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, what am I supposed to do? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, what, are, what are your current favorite movies now? Um, right now, I will always love Gone Girl. I love like a complex suspense mm -hmm. type mm -hmm. vibe. Affleck. Yeah. Um, I forgot her name. It doesn't even matter, but you know yes, what I'm talking about. Yes, yes. Yeah, I love like a crazy love suspense story. Um, Gone Girl. I love the Twilight Saga. I can watch it over and over. <laughs> I'm real corny for that, but I love it. Um, and then another movie. I always love like any Jordan Hill. Mm -hmm. I think his messages are really strong. Okay, so like Get Out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Get Out. That was that was really intense. Yeah, mm -hmm. very intense. All right, maybe three books. They don't have to be Kenyan, but three books that have impacted your life. You just want to share. A Woman's Rage. By. Um, honestly, I can't even remember the lady's name, but it's a red book. Okay. Okay. Um. And what did it do for you? It was just talking about how women how to empower yourself and turn your inevitable anger from feminism and all these type of um, issues that we deal with into productivity, how a lot of times strong women get pushed into like masculinity or like she's abrasive and all these things. So it was just basically breaking down um, the anatomy of a strong woman. Mm -hmm. I would say the Bible. Mm -hmm. I do read the Bible a lot, I do. Um, another book, honest to God, I have not read in so long. Mm -hmm. But it's called The Northern Light by Ashley Foster. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorite books as well. Okay. And, and what is it what is it about? Why is it impactful? Um, it's just a girl who was finding herself during like really, really bad situations and just kept going. Ooh, Cupcake Brown as well. Piece of cake by Cupcake Brown. She literally had the worst life you could ever imagine in the world. It was awful. Like she should have just killed herself. Honestly, it was so bad. Mm -hmm. There was every time it went up, it went like all the way down, but she just kept going. 
and now she's like super successful so I always every time I'm like having a bad day and I'm like oh my god I'm like yo cupcake that with this this is and it was real it's a true story wow. cupcake brown yeah okay. a piece of cake make sure you google definitely look it up yeah okay I know for the songs I had you just for the Kenyan African which one's now like all across three you're like you must listen songs of the artists like you love to listen to what are you jamming to even now? I listen to Tusi a lot, Summer Walker, um, Janae, Aiko, Rihanna. I'm not a big Beyonce fan. I'm not a part of the Beyonce. Um, Any particular songs that are just like on repeat for you on your Spotify CPO list? Sexual, Tusi, mm-hmm. um, Janae, Aiko's whole Chimbino. I listen to over and over. Kehlani, It Was Good Until It Was Bad. I listen to over and over. Adele, Woman Like Me, 30, that's that's on spin right now. Um, 2C, Sapiosexual. I love um, Big Flexo right now. It's my favorite song in the club. Mm, yeah, mm, I'm a, I'm a piano mm. vibe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite. That's what I listen to most. Yeah. Wow. All right, let, let, let's finish this off with what are three pieces of your wisdom that you've learned or you've heard of while being here in Kenya? Speak less and listen more in every situation just stop talking yeah um assume the best in people so like even if you feel offended just assume that it's a misunderstanding so that you can keep yourself from becoming abrasive or feeling like upset about the situation um and all skimpo and kimpo so uh <laughs> just because we're both black like in america i feel like you can kind of we we have like a you can look at each other kind of like a you know yeah like if you know you know you know what i'm saying but here i can't always like if you know you know because you don't know like you know what i'm saying like you don't know like so we're really different like that's what i've learned um to that africans in general and you may feel that way even seeing a Tanzanian, like y'all are, you may feel different. So, you know what I'm saying? Tanzanian is a little close. So maybe I should say like an Egyptian or something. You know what I'm saying? We, we're all black, but we all have very different experiences mm-hmm. throughout the world in our blackness. Wow, wow. Any last takeaway before we sign off today? Um, like and subscribe, you guys. Um, follow me, ask me questions, let's chat. If there's a neighborhood you want me to pull up in, call me. All right, yes. Uh, where can people find you on your social handles? Everything is Brittany in Africa, B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y in Africa, um, except for TikTok where it's two A's on Africa at the end. Okay, yes. Thank you for, uh, for being on the podcast. Thank and you for inviting me. This was fun. This went by really quick. Yes, I hope you enjoyed yourself. And Time flies. If yeah, you have fun. found um, anything interesting that Brittany has shared here, please... Um, do share with me on uh, on my Instagram, on uh, YouTube comment. Uh, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts about just how this is impacting your life because I love sharing information that you're not taught by your parents, school, or society. And I'm sure that what Brittany has shared, you have seen one thing differently. So thank you for listening in. Follow her on all her channels. Can Shout I add out. one thing? Sure. I think it's so important for Africans and Africans of the diaspora to like bridge these gaps and learn about each other. And it just upsets me that like it's not taught more in schools all over, like us about each other. It's almost like there's like an agenda to keep us apart from each other almost, or like you just don't really care or know. Do you know what I'm saying? Because even, I've been asked this question so many times here like, 
okay, so where are you from? And I'm like, America. I know that's, I mean, what are you? And I'm like, black American. And they're like, I mean, where are you from in Africa? And I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, what do you mean you don't know? And I'm like, I don't, like, and then I had to break it down. Do you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I just wish that, like, that was something that was commonly known. So. Vice versa, things I don't know. You know? I love that. And that's what we're going to plan for the next episode. Yeah. Bridging the gap between Africans and Africans in the diaspora. Yeah, please. We are bridging gaps. All right. Thank yeah. you very much. Thank you. And this has been that episode of Revenge of the Forsaken Gods. I'm your host, Andrew Belongo Perry. Thank you for watching.